podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back to a brand new TAT pod. I hope you guys like the new intro there. Much better than the, the generic one that I made on Canva that we've been using for a while. Um, we've got all professional now, so I hope you guys enjoy that. Um, today, we've got another TAT transfer pod. We're going to talk about everything that's been going on. There's been all sorts of crazy rumors in the last 24, 48 hours with Liverpool. Um, but the main one is Romeo Lavia, and that is going to be the main topic of discussion. But before I introduce our guest today, um, I need to shout out our incredible TAT pod sponsors, uh, yourfootcard.com. You can make any Ultimate Team card you want. You can make um, a Dominic Sabozlai card if that's what you want to do. You can make even you, yourself. You can put yourself on there with 99 everything if you fancy yourself as a baller. You can do that um, with any promo card, icons, anything play at the months and if you use tat pod at checkout you get 15 percent off so go check out your foot card um use the tat pod that darwin nunes poster is sick i'm actually going to try and steal that to go on my wall i'm gonna have to get um get some uh conversation going about that but um yeah check out the sponsor guys and um use the discount code but yeah today the main topic of discussion as you can see by the thumbnail is romeo lavia and that brings me to our guest today, Mike from Match Day Vlogs. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing good. Yeah, I'm doing very well, thanks. Good, mate. I, like I said to you off air, mate, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Uh, we always appreciate guests coming on here to give up their time to speak to us, mate. So um, massive thank you for that. And we're back with the regulars, Mike and uh, Craig. You already know those guys, there's no Yeah, you guys don't care about us anymore. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> no point in the introduction, is there? There's no, no longer new shiny new things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got a new uh, mic now, man. I see how hey, it listen, is. Ask me to the side. You know what the same guys, if it's not broken, don't fix it. So um, we'll keep going, boys. Uh, let's get some comments before we dive straight into it. Uh, big up TAT from Anfield Lad. Big up lads. Uh, I'm not sad that we aren't getting to Ram. We will get into him a bit later on. Uh, new intros fire 100%. How is everyone? Cole Wilcox, we'll get on to him as well. I am good, Mike Quill. And reports suggest we are looking at Crystal Palace, Mark Guayhi. I've not seen that myself, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, but yeah, first of all, Mike, uh, I just want to jump straight into this. I always look at people's content that we get on the channel, just to have a little browse, a little uh, cheeky look at their, their stuff. And um, I watched your four-all draw with us. Oh, yeah. I went to the game. <laughs> I was in the, in the way in the, on that That's day. That's a fun one. Yeah, it was. It was very interesting because I think you, someone noticed it. I don't know if it was you or your friend that you were sat with. Um, we, every time we scored, it was just like we weren't, like nothing, no excitement. No, it was just like, yay. And then, well, yeah. I mean, both of us had nothing to play for, did we, mate? Yeah, exactly. That. It, it was a bit of a flat kind of a start. Although I did notice that the, the away fans underneath were setting off flares. And I have to commend you, the, your first club, well, first set of fans to come to St Mary's and set up a flare underneath the <laughs> underneath the stands. So uh, fair play to you. We thought it was going to be a fire drill. So um, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, it was a it, it was a bit of a fun game. You know, it was a lovely hot day in Southampton. Uh, eight goals, a farewell to some Liverpool legends, and um, 
yeah, just a bit of a mad one. Um, some Liverpool fans have already joked saying that, in fact, I've made this joke, that we saw Lavia's first assist for Liverpool in that game, but um, <laughs> <laughs> we, won't get on to, we won't get on to him too much for that one. Um, but yeah, just getting straight into it, Mike. Um, just want to talk about um, Lavia, but I, like I said before, we've got a clip that I want to show. I just completely forgot about this, but I, I just reminded myself I need to show it from Go another it. Southampton fan. And as soon as we've watched this clip, we'll uh, come back and discuss it. So take a look at this, guys, um, and um, we'll discuss this clip after. A very bleak and dismal season. We're relegated from the Premier League to the Championship a division they haven't played in for 11 seasons. But one of the only positives of that last campaign was the arrival of Romeo Lavia from Manchester City. He joined aged 18 for £10.5 million. And I think many Southampton fans would say that's the best £10.5 million they've spent in recent years. He was absolutely fantastic. He one of our best players that season without a shadow of a doubt. And I think when he wasn't playing, you really noticed because there was just a massive hole in the middle of the Saints midfield and there was just so easy for teams to break them down and work them out. Whereas when Lavia was there, his composure, his maturity, defensive awareness, passing, it was all second to none. And he was an absolutely brilliant player um, for Saints. I'm quite surprised he's still here, to be honest, because I thought someone would have probably snapped him up by now, now pre-season's begun. Plenty of noise starting to be made um, about where he's going to end up or where he's going to be come August and come the new season. And Liverpool, of course, is one of those destinations that could be very likely where we'll see him go. And I think for Liverpool, he could be brilliant. He could be a perfect fit into that defensive midfield slot, which I think they are crying out for personally, with Fabinho and Henderson, both still very good players, but not quite at the same level they used to be um, and potentially becoming slightly less reliable than they used to be as well. I think Lavia could fit into that system of just sitting in front of a back line, sitting in front of two very, very high-quality centre-backs in Canate and Van Dijk. I think he could be a brilliant player for Liverpool. And he's got age on his side as well, where he could be brilliant for years and years to come as well. In terms of a price, Manchester City, I believe, do have a £40 million buyback clause within the contract um, that he signed with Saints. So they would obviously have first refusal, if you like. But with them potentially going for other targets, um, that move might be fairly unlikely. Um, Arsenal were also linked. Um, with a move for Lavia, but obviously if they're signing Declan Rice for 100 million and Kai Havertz for 65, then they're not necessarily going to be quite as strong in the race, depending on how much they have financially, of course. Um, but Liverpool, they've got the position; they just need to they just need to buy him if they're going to get him, because um, I think he would be a brilliant fit. And Saints, of course, they've said that a couple of couple of reports have gone round about the price. Um, Saints have said they want a record fee, which would of course. Um, be an increase on the 75 million they got for Van Dijk from Liverpool, um, but I don't think I don't think that would come to it. I think they they've set their price tag of 50 million pounds, um, which again some people might say that's too high, some people might say that's about right, um, but that's ultimately what he's worth for Southampton. And whether that he goes for more than that, whether he goes for less than that, will soon to be seen. But uh, either way, if he signs for Liverpool, you've got an absolute gem on your hands, and you will have a gem for years to come. Yeah, um, so big shout out to Rob for making that little clip for us to get on the channel. He couldn't make it today, so um, he did a pre-recorded thing. So Mike, just going straight back to the start um, with Romeo Lavia, you mm. cast your mind back a year or so ago. Um, you know, you signed this kid from Man City for 12 million, was it? Um, I believe so, yeah. What was the initial feeling, yeah, around around your guys? Because, you know, you we all know that City youngsters tend to be pretty good football players. So when you sign him, what's the initial feeling, mate, of that signing? 
the, there was a lot of excitement, I think, for not only Romeo Lavia, but a lot of the other youngsters that were coming out of Man City. I mean, we pretty much bought the Youth Academy with Gavin Bazunu uh, being our number one choice goalkeeper. Um, you know, Samuel Dozy, Larios in there as well. So there were a lot of young players coming through. Um, but I think Lavia caught everyone's attention just, just by the way that he left Man City in the sense that there was a sense that they they had this buyback clause. There were So whenever you see a player go to your club and the, the parent club puts a buyback clause in there, there's a sense of excitement to think like, well, there's obviously a reason why they've stuck that in there uh, rather than thinking like this guy will never play for Man City. So farewell. Um, so yeah, there was just a general kind of excitement, but he, is very, he was very, very young. I mean, he was 18 um, back then. I mean, still only 19 years of age. Um, but very early on, we saw a very mature player uh, in the center of the midfield who was uh, basically bossing it. I mean, he was able to sort of obtain the ball off the, off the opposition and then sort of gain a lot of composure and take his time in midfield and sort of play some some pretty exciting balls out wide and, and uh, you know, playing the ball forward. But, you know, it, it, it kind of spells the thing when you when you see a player play for a couple of games and then literally the stadium has Lavia on the back of their shirts, you're thinking like, okay. And I, I for one, was also uh, among those that, that put Lavia <laughs> on the back of my shirt for, for that season. So, um, well, yeah, very, very exciting player to watch. I think the only thing that really kind of hindered us at the start of the season, we had got a 2-1 win over Chelsea uh, way back in August 2022. Uh, one of our... Uh, only two wins at St. Mary's last season, but well, less than about the better. <laughs> um, but in that game, he actually got injured. There was a hamstring injury, which which basically put him out for, I think, perhaps six to eight weeks, um, basically until the World Cup break, really. Yeah. So it, it was, we were in an absolute mess after that because of, we'd lost Oreo Romeo, who went back to Spain. Um, so in terms of a CDM, we had no one. Um, so it was, it was a real big miss. Um, so yeah, just generally, uh, there was a lot of excitement, but we, we, we only saw him for August. So it was kind of a, a bit of a mixed, mixed kind of a reality for us. And up until, you know, January, when we came back in. When you look at his 29 games, 29 games, wasn't it? He played for you last season. So from the outside looking in, you know, listen, you probably are tired of seeing all Football fans have didn't watch him play twenty nine games. Make mm-hmm. judgments on him. Do you think there's any misconceptions that you've heard said about him so far, or are there any things that you think about him that stand out that maybe you feel haven't been highlighted enough? Um, misconceptions. I think for one, would probably be it's going to sound ironic, but the price. Everyone's okay. talking about the the money being thrown around at Romeo Lavia, but. But what you got to look at is like projects for the future, and if yeah. you're throwing a hundred and something million for for Declan Rice, is Declan Rice worth a hundred million? Probably not. Can West Ham get a hundred million from? Yes, they can. They just have. So, but when you look at young players and what they're going to be in the future, I mean, I, I'll cast your minds back to a certain player called Virgil Van Dijk, <laughs> yeah. and and if you if you said to me, oh, we got Virgil Van Dijk for seventy something million, you'd probably go, yeah, that's a good deal. And this is, this is one of those scenarios where you've got an absolute starlet right there. And if you really want him, just pay the money. Even Sadio Mane was the same, wasn't it? People well, exactly. That, that yeah. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen some absolute stunners come through St. Mary's. I mean, oh, Sadio Mane, probably one of the greatest players I've seen. Virgil van Dijk, 
winners at St. Mary's. I've just Adam like, Lallana as well. Like being Adam honest, Lallana. Lallana, unbelievable. Virgil van Dijk, you know, you look at the player like that and you think like, Ricky I'm just going to enjoy him while he's here because absolute to the very top. And and and, and Romeo Lavia has that star quality. So all this whole kind of like, is he worth 50 minutes? Just shut up and get on with it. Okay, I so you think the misconception is a price. I think, no. I think uh, a lot of people, when they look at the price, I think what puts, not necessarily puts people off, but from what I read today, for example, you know, Liverpool, United, Chelsea, Arsenal, all you know, players that have tapped up the club, or sorry, clubs that have tapped up Lafia, they look at the price and they go, we're not going to move for that. You know, we're not mm. going to move for that. You know, realistically, it could get brought down to like 38 plus add-ons, which is something that I've called for a minute and I'm standing on that. I do think he'll get sold for 38 plus add-ons. Um, but in that, away from the misconceptions, because you talk about the price and you, you, you're saying he's worth the price, which I fully understand. I, I mm. we use Van Dijk as the example, Mane, Lallana. I think the only ben White, going to Arsenal. Ben White, well, you know, maybe I'm biased. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, he's, he's done very well there. Even Luke Shaw at United, he may not have lit yeah. up the way he could have, he's, but he's still done very well for 30 mil. Um, but yeah, so I think in terms of things he can do very well, if you were to try and explain what Lafayette can bring to a football team to somewhat novices which we all are you know everyone pretends they're an expert on him you know i didn't watch all 29 games my favorite game of him his was when you guys played arsenal in that 3-3 mm. i think he was mm. that was the game that shown him to me uh i've spoke about him then since then really as a player the way he dictated yeah. the tempo broke apart their attack time and time again he was the best player on the football pitch for me but yeah, yeah if you were to sell him how would you sell rome uh how would you sell lafia to a football fan uh, well, you pretty much summed it up and what you just said there in terms of <laughs> being able to sort of break down the play and, and, you know, and just sort of control it. I mean, if he's given that kind of role within midfield, he, he's absolutely fantastic. But if he's given a bit part role in terms of like there's someone else sort of governing the play in the centre of the park, that's where it gets a bit messy in the sense that there, there isn't really that whole kind of nucleus kind of like uh, central point that he can work from. Um, we saw him sort of playing in many roles because we, of course, we had three separate managers over the course of the campaign last season. And to the latter part, with a, only a couple of exceptions with that Arsenal game, including that, there were a couple of moments where he kind of looked, looked like a bit part player. But, you know, let's not forget we had Nathan Jones and yeah. uh, Ruben Sellers and all these players, which all these managers that were sort of trying to govern their own systems. Um, but he was getting a little bit lost on it, really. So if he's given the role, if he's the guy in the middle of the park, that's where he shines. Absolutely shines. Okay. Yeah. When you're saying that, like, you know, when he's on his own, that's fine. So you're saying, like, in a double six, he he, he wouldn't suit that. Uh, like, you know, if, let's say, Trent is moving in from the, like, in, from the inverted right-back role, and mm-hmm. he's kind of acting as that double six with Lavia. You're saying that he that wouldn't be his strength then, um, playing like playing with somebody beside him. Quite possibly. I mean, it, it depends. I mean, uh, I mean, I see Trent sort of moving forward quite a lot. I mean, Lavia is not the sort of player that that gets tremendously far forward. So you know, I, I guess with, with Trent, he'd be more of a he's more used to playing like a right back kind of role. So he would be sort of pushing further up the pitch. Um, it all depends on space, really, and, and the kind of systems that it's in front of them. But when it gets overcrowded in the center of the park, yeah, it just gets a little bit messy. Okay. okay. Yeah. 
Um, just moving on then, let's let's see where we're sort of at with Romeo Lavia because like I said at the start, there's been so many different reports. We had a James Pierce article this morning, which I don't know about anybody else, but I don't really pay too much attention to him. I don't really lose too much sleep over what he has to say. Um, the two main ones or two of the main ones have produced somewhat positive updates. We've got Paul Joyce, who is our, I, I refer to him as the godfather in the last part when we were looking at Sabozlai. Um, he said yesterday that Liverpool are weighing up whether to make an approach for Southampton's 19-year-old defensive midfielder Romeo Lavia. And I remember saying uh, when I was going to go and get Sabozlai when he said a similar thing. I said the language with Paul Joyce is always key. You know, if he's not dismissing it, if he's not saying he's not an active target or Liverpool are not going for this guy, then it's on in my opinion. And I'm not saying this is going to happen, but I certainly trust Paul Joyce and the next guy, Fabrizio Romano, on this case, more than James Pierce. And James Pierce, um, Fabrizio Romano has said, Liverpool have been in contact with the agents of Lavia for two weeks. Sources expect the club to open talks with Southampton soon. They face competition from Arsenal and Chelsea. I mean, we've already briefly touched on an Arsenal player that they've signed, Declan Rice. And um, Chelsea are apparently going after Caicedo. Um, so coming back to you, Mike, there seems to be at least three clubs, four if you include Man City, but that clauses for next season, isn't it? So mm-hmm. at the minute, there's three. Which club, and you don't have to say this because you're on our channel, but which club <laughs> do you personally see him fitting in, you know, for his development to become the player that he can be? Which do you think is the best club suited for him in terms of playing now, developing and yeah, just becoming the player that he can be? That's a great question. I think um, it all depends on who the other options are in that midfield. And and I think, you know, I've kind of sort of, you know, I know I'm repeating myself a bit here, but in terms of giving the space to play and being that number one choice, um, that whoever that club is, I mean, if he, if he goes to a Chelsea or someone like that, I mean, I, I honestly don't know what, what they'll be doing next season in terms of how they're going to be set up. Mm. So that that kind of unknown perhaps might be a bit un- unsettling. But, I mean, I, I guess I, I look at your CDM options and they're, they're pretty light, aren't they? I mean, you, James Milner has what, gone to Brighton. So is there another actual it's Fabinho. CDM? Our uh, number six okay. options are Fabinho, Henderson, if he, we forced him into the oh, role, okay. and then a young right. lad called Stefan Bacetic. Right, okay. It. Well, I think it's it. going to be an eight long-term, to be fair. So. I think he'll be an eight long-term as well. Right. So it's very light. He could be an inverted right back as well, which is just a, just a, something I'm like. You know, <laughs> not buying this. Get, get, get that propaganda out of here. All right. Uh, uh, no, Trent needs a backup. <laughs> well, go back, back to the point. So if you, you look at the team's options, let's say the options for him are Chelsea, United. I don't think United are really in it, but Chelsea, United, mm. Arsenal, ourselves, right? And you're going through the midfield options. What about a crowd in midfield? So Arsenal are probably, for me, I think they're the biggest contenders is between Arsenal and Liverpool mm-hmm. from what I've read you know I don't know how accurate that is is that similar to what you've seen yeah yeah in so, terms of the, yeah. the names getting listed there yeah so if you look at the Arsenal team the Arsenal midfield as it is you've got Declan Rice you've got Havertz you've got Ogard you've got currently Thomas Partey you've mm-hmm. got mm-hmm. It's, quite, it's quite a stacked midfield yeah so do you think when you look at those types of players do you think that works better for him? Or do you think a midfield where he would have a McAllister or a Thiago and a Savaslai Henderson to either side of him would work better? You yeah, no, I, I would I would probably say the, the Liverpool setup, just in terms of like the, the, the pace of play as well. Mm. Uh, I think, you know, in terms of like a bit more 
I mean, you are very quick at getting the ball forward and it's very versatile to see, you know, in case you play it short, you play it long and, and mix things up a lot. Um, I think that whole kind of creativity sort of in the side will, will suit them well. Um, but in, in terms of like looking at Arsenal, I mean, they're, they're already very, very busy. And, you know, whether he suits that that side or not, I mean, you've got to think, are they really going to be spending over 200 million in this transfer window um, if, if everything they're looking at comes off? But yeah, I, I, either yourselves or Arsenal, I, can, I could see it. <laughs> Depressing to say out loud, I could see it working. It's all dependent on party and we know right. some of that could be football related or non-football related so that will definitely be you know that will kind of indicate what they'll do in in the race i just uh, want to ask you a question there mike on mm-hmm. like you touched on it there earlier on about his his price tag and saying you know that 50 million is you know that's it's justified so yeah. in that regard we just want to like you know look at so we're looking at our future here you know we've got fabinho who's Getting into that stage where he's going to be managed minutes, and um, we've already talked about Henderson, and and we, we will mention Thiago later. So there, there's an aging, there's an aging uh, legs in the midfield. So we're obviously looking at the next stage, and like Lavia, that age, you know, is the first thing that everyone wants to go straight away. That guy, he can go on. And right now, we're looking at a player who's playing 19 in the Premiership and looked ready. Do you right. see him going on to the next stage, like stepping up even further again, like getting up into that kind of Kante bracket? You know, yeah. you, you do? 100%. 100%. And, and I think the only thing that would, would hold him back would be injury. Okay. And, you know, the, the issues with the, with the hamstring and, and things like that, that would be the only thing in there that I would think like maybe, you know, the medical is he is he is he fit enough for this kind of price tag? Don't um, say I will tell you now. I'll tell you now. I'm not sure how familiar you are with our team, there, Mike. We, uh, you mentioned injury, and I've just felt the entire group here between me, Ben, and Craig get very tense. So I must admit that's something that's not covered though when it comes to Lafayette's injury profile. That's that's interesting. I don't know how much you know about ours. We we dealt with a lot of injuries in midfield the last couple of years. In fact. Our midfield signings in general are pretty cursed when it comes mm-hmm. to injuries, um, especially in recent years. When it comes to Lafayette, the only injury you mentioned there was a hamstring. Do mm-hmm. you, is that something that has reoccurred? Is that is he prone to picking up little issues not, here and there? Not really. I mean, it's just been a couple of moments where he sort of, you know, reached behind and grabbed the back of his leg a couple of occasions, which is just, <laughs> it was always one of those feelings when you're watching yeah. that on the football pitch, it just sends you on edge. Um, but, you know, there was that injury in the in the Chelsea game back in August 2022, and that was one that put him out for a while, and he came back a little bit too early um, and was then sort of, you know, sidelined again for a bit. But it's only really been that... Um, that has that has been the uh, been the issue really. There hasn't really been anything else. But but also the style of play that was being played back then by um, Hassan Hoot or that sort of Gagan press, mm. kind of like everyone pressing, everyone pushing high, um, just absolutely relentless run run into the ground kind of football um, that perhaps put a little bit too much pressure um, on the young player. Mm, interesting. Mm. And just uh, just one, one last thing on the like you know him playing that sole DM role uh, because again like like Mike was saying I I don't know everything about the guy I've watched and I've watched bits and parts of him um, but like it's only when we've been linked to him going okay I need, I need to go back and watch like actual match highlights and you know try and get a full game as opposed <laughs> to just the clips and it was the other Arsenal game 
um, oh, okay. that, that I watched. And I was, because one thing that I'd seen that people were raving his um, anticipation and like, that's something I'm like, wow, that, that's what you want because you can't teach that. You know, it's not no. something that you can, you can build up over time. It's, it's natural. And then I, I just watched it and I was like, okay, sometimes he's actually just jumping. He jumps the gun maybe a bit too early um, mm -hmm. as opposed to kind of hold, holding that position. So obviously you can say that with age, you know, you know, you know discipline, you, know, you, can, you can kind of uh, relax a bit. But yep. so, in, do you see what I'm saying there? Do you think that he like, had amazing anticipation or did he get some, did he get, did he get it wrong as well um, while trying to do these like amazing interceptions? Yeah, there, there were a couple occasions where I caught short, but you know he wouldn't be alone in doing that. Um, you know, our kind of setup was the fact that you know we were able to sort of press high and sort of close players down with the idea that there's backup behind should should the should the worst happen. Um, so I, I can put a, a whole list of names <laughs> in of players that were anticipating and, and jumping in and uh, getting caught short. I mean, you know, our, con our goal conceding record probably. Probably tells the biggest picture yeah, of all. But, um, manager, you think that's down to the manager as opposed to? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Um, but 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 naturally, you know, you, you're trying to sort of you're playing in the Premier League and you, you want to sort of you know perform at your your highest level. Um, you know, naturally, you 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 want to try stuff. It's all about confidence as a player, especially at that age. Uh, yeah. But the confidence and composure to to do what he did. But we saw more more good than bad, should we say? Okay. Yeah, um, no, great. Uh, it's really good to hear you talk about this because, like I say, mate, when um, we try and do it, we've watched Lavia for probably 10 times, 10 games, but we don't really have much of an insight, so it's good to have you on. Uh, but we've, we've, we've briefly touched on the, uh, the price on how much we think he would go for, and there's obviously inflicting reports. Um, some saying the 40 mil that City have is going to be sort of like a measuring stick. Some are saying that it's going to be 50. In a realistic world, what what will you say is probably like the lowest that Southampton are willing to take because Mike here says 37 plus add-ons, but the way you're talking about him, it makes me seem like, okay, actually you guys like really back him to go on and be a world-class player. So surely 37 and add-ons is way too cheap. It feels incredibly light, but, but there's another side of this is the fact that the, you know, the way that we've signed players is kind of smart business. Um, and it's also smart business by the parent, the original clubs that you come from. You know, if if Romeo Lavia is to go this transfer window, there's there's a big percentage which goes Man City's way. So you know you're going to be lining the pockets of your rivals if if this deal goes ahead. Not sure <laughs> how you feel about that? Money, Call the deal off now. Um, yeah. But uh, but the, but that is that is something on that. You know, the same with Tino Livramento. You know, being linked yeah. with the with Newcastle. There's a there's a big percentage which would be going back towards Chelsea's way, so with all these things in mind, that there has to be a certain amount of money in there to make it make any sense. And you know, we we signed Romeo Lavia last August, so it, it's not like he's suddenly run down his contract. There's only a, is that you know, how you say it? By the way, have I been saying it wrong? Or was Lavia not Lavia? Lavia, yeah, that's right. Lavia. Okay, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Um, slide job. Sorry. but yeah i mean there's there's you know a lot of our players have got long longish contract times i mean it's everyone's gone about war prouse's prices so well he signed a new contract last season so it's it's you know these years have to be paid off and compensated for mm. um otherwise it, it, it can't work you know but Ultimately, you've got to make sure that the the player's happy and and what's 
best of the player because the last thing we want is another Van Dyke situation where he sulks for six months and eventually goes. So um, it, it's going to be it's going to be a mixture of that. Now, will will it go below forty? I think it's going to be down to Lavia in terms of uh, you know um, how he feels about the move and whether or not he wants to stay or go. I think ultimately he'll probably want to go and play Premier League football, and he he's at a level where he. In all honesty, pains me to say this, but he should be playing Premier League football. And I'm just, you know, devastated that Southampton aren't able to give him that at, at this point in time. Um, but all of our players are, are probably going to look at the situation and think like, well, what are the chances of us going straight back up? And do I really have it in me to, to wait that amount of time? Do I wait until January? Do I do I see what's going on in the, in the transfer window then? Um, so I'm not sure if there's any kind of particular rush, but ultimately... Yeah, if you the question is, is he worth fifty million? Then absolutely, he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a case of whichever club has already spent elsewhere, uh, how desperate they are for a CDM role. Um, but like I said, he's a big talent and will be one for the future as well. When it comes to you as a team, right? So we we spoke about spoke about this boy in depth now, and that I appreciate you coming on and genuinely putting putting forward the greatest sales pitch I've seen since you know uh, since Wall Street and, and hopefully the not that too. <laughs> You're like, you know, let me let me sell you this pen, all right? We'll give you the fifty million. Uh, listen, we'll just give it out of our own pocket. That I listen, but I will say like the way you describe him, you know, it does sound like the kind of player we need. I tell you now, but mm. in terms of you as a Southampton fan, let's talk about Southampton for a minute and um, just. I was saying before the pod, and uh, I was even told to bite my tongue because we should have saved it for this. Um, I have immense respect for Southampton as a football team in terms of the way you came to the Premier League, the way you played football. I think you guys were the original Brighton in many ways in terms of an incredible recruitment strategy, a wonderful academy, a very attractive style of football. I'll never forget when you had Jay Rodriguez, Lalana, and Lambert. And for those who don't remember, they were playing the electric football that you see Brighton play today. And it's, it's not, that's not me using hyperbole. That's exactly what it was. Mm. Um, and it was so, so exciting to watch. Um, same with like Luke Shaw bombing on at left back at like 17 and just this team of youth. It was, Ward Prowse was 18, 19 in the Premier League when, when he first came through. And if you look at the journey you've had in the Premier League, just firstly, you know, are you, you you've got to obviously be immensely proud, but do you think that the recruitment strategy and the selling way that you guys had to keep going for a while was eventually down to became your detriment in terms of not being able to figure out a, a way of keeping players just for that extra season? Mm-hmm. Um, great question. Um, and, I, and I think last year kind of changed everything for us because for the last maybe three, four seasons prior, we we spent basically net zero. You know, if, you, yeah. if you're acquiring a player, you've got to sell a player. And that's generally how it works. So Hassan Hull had an incredibly low budget to work with and knew that if he wanted something, he had to sell someone. Um, that all changed last season. We spent $140 million over the course of last season, which is absolutely mad for us. But the fact, what was really our detriment was the fact that we bought very, very young players. Um, you know, a lot of people look at Brighton where they are now and sort of, you know, put in similarities between the two clubs. And, and, and I think that's absolutely fair to do so. But there's only a certain amount of how far that can go. But when you're, if I'm looking at Brighton now, they're, whoever they're selling and whoever they're bringing in, there, there will be a point where they've got to make a decision to become a, a bigger club you know make that next step up to 
you know, step into the the mindset of yeah, we want Champions League now. You know, we got we got Europe, so now we're looking at Champions League. What do we need to do to to get that? But ultimately, there are going to be clubs like yourselves, like Man City's, like Man United's, which will look at that club and go, they're doing things well. We'll take the players, we'll take the coaching staff, we'll take the recruitment, and we'll, we'll start picking up part like that. And so, there's only so much you can do mm. to get away from that and you know we're, we're constantly sending messages to Brighton fans on Twitter saying like you wait five years be miserable I've been saying this too I've been saying it, this too I think Ben and I don't know Ben and Craig might have been in, in it when I was saying that about my, about Brighton to a Brighton fan yeah. mm-hmm. uh, it, it's I, we've seen it before and it's not a negative in saying that you know because mm-hmm. I, I think it's a wonderful way to run a football club for, for a long period of time but like you say there comes the point where you need to you kind of need to bite the bullet and make the decision. Are you, are you going to be mid-table and run the risk, or are you going to take that leap? And I think Southampton, you guys, you guys had a couple of opportunities to take the leap. And obviously, I don't know what happened behind closed doors. There would have been reasons. There would have been plans. Mm-hmm. There would have been unprecedented things. You're now in the championship after you know a season where you could say it's bad luck. You're you know. reminding them again. Hey, yeah. listen, it is what it is. We're in Europa League. It's our championship. Uh, that's such a big club thing to say. That's such a big club thing to say. Any Southampton fans? My heart that, bleeds. Look at you guys. I know, honest <laughs> to God, yeah. That's like the rich man saying, oh, I've only got this much money this way. Oh, yeah, shut oh, up. I've got to shop in Audi. Yeah. yeah, oh, God, I know. Aldi, please. No, yeah, you know what I mean? It's it's, it's that, isn't it? But what, I, what I'm saying is, you know, you, with you falling, falling to the championship with... Like you say, you've still got a lot of young players. They've still got a lot of quality. I, Liverpool fans, for some reason, have decided to bash Ward Prowse when we got linked with him. I, I'll never do that because I think Ward Prowse technically is a phenomenal player. I think he's got some of the best passing range in the Prem. I think in terms of set pieces, he's phenomenal. I think the only issue with him is I just don't think he'd suit how we play. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I, I'm sure you're agreeing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you, you take him in the championship. I don't think he'll leave you. I really don't. I think he loves the club too much. Uh, the way he talks oh. about the club, I don't know. Do you think you? I don't know. You don't look too convinced there. I I think it depends what West Ham do. Oh, I, I think um, you know if West Ham go for there's a few things flying around in terms of like West Ham looking at the is it Paulina from from Fulham? Yeah, yeah, Paulina, uh, and maybe there's like a Daisy Chain go there, but I don't see Prowse going to Fulham. But there are a lot yeah. of old sort of Southampton boys at Fulham, so it it, it all depends on the ambition of of, of War Prowse, but. In all honesty, a lot of West Ham fans have been saying that he, he's captain material. I've got news for you. Will Prowse ain't captain material. Is he not? Well, that, well, might sound, he that might sound absolutely shocking. No, it doesn't sound well, necessarily shocking, but I thought he was your captain, wasn't he? He, he is a captain. He, he's a phenomenal set-piece taker. He's the one who pulls up his sleeves and gets on with it. But in terms of like sticking a hairdryer to the rest of the players on the pitch, he's not that guy. Mm. He's not got yeah. the voice. No. Did you I, have I, I just, no. Not really, no, and that's that's you know down to the fact of such a young side, um, and you know spending that 140 million. But but the the, the detriment of us is that we've got far too many youth players, and uh, you know the experienced players that we brought in, just collect a car or sick. Um, these players didn't do a job. They they didn't govern in the side, and they they they, you know, the opportunity was there, and and poor Ward Prowse just left to himself. Or Romeo has gone back to Spain, and he's just left mm. there with a bunch of kids going. Come on, guys! What are we going to do? Yeah. You know, it's well. Yeah. Move to next thing. season, though, uh, which is I kind of I kind of derailed us talking about Ward Prowse there. But you, next yeah. season with these young players, 
and hopefully Ward Prowse for your sake. I hope he stays. I do. Don't get me wrong. I actually quite like seeing him in the Prem. I think he would do well at West Ham. But for the story, I kind of want him to stay at Southampton. Maybe that's maybe that's just bias. But um, oh, I like it. Well, Stick with yeah, it. Yeah, I know you'd like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> but do you see you guys bouncing back up next year, or do you have a bit? Do you have that fear in the pit of your stomach? Um, I I wouldn't use the word confident, but I think you know in terms of there's a there's a fifty fifty chance of of any sort of club that's been relegated to the championship and bouncing straight back up. I mean, you, you look at what Burnley have done, and they they did some smart things. Um, and you know, got some good loan signings in. One of them from us. Um, so, so I, I think in terms of how we're set up, um, we've got the old youth academy guy from Man City, Joe Wilcox, someone like that. So, in terms of our recruitment staff, we're we're there. So, it, it's just a case of, you know, what. We look at what Leicester have done, and they've already sort of, you know, they, they've sold James Madison, um, and they've already gotten a couple of players as well. I think so, Harry Winks and mm. Connor Cody, I think, is, is gone in there. So it all depends on what we do with, with the players who are coming in. But of course, we don't know who's going yet. Um, but I think there's there's a good chance. Just by, I mean, a lot of Championship clubs are favouring us, putting us like top two, and we're going to walk the league, and we're doing this kind of. So there's a lot of confidence elsewhere. I'm just a bit hesitant as to, okay, let's see what it looks like first seven or eight games, see where we are and uh, take stuff from there because it's a completely new start for us. Mm. I mean, we're going to have a new manager, completely new system, uh, moving into very much heavily possession-based football, um, playing a whole new different formation. So these are these are all kind of like massive unknowns with a squad that we don't know what it's going to look like yet. So... Whilst I'm confident, I'm realistic. I respect. Yeah, that. yeah. We 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 hope you come back up, mate. Um, because we'd like to take some more of your players. To <laughs> yeah. So if you come up, then, then I'm I'm so, yeah, there we go. Um, Mike, just before we let you go, mate, because uh, we're gonna move on to Liverpool stuff, and you don't want to be here to talk about Taram and Thiago and Henderson. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna ask you to stick your neck on the line, mate. I'm gonna make you predict um where Lavia is gonna go and the reasons for it so yeah where do you if it was down to you based on what we've seen so far where do you see Lavia being at the start of um well what is it is it late August the season starts I don't know mid-August I guess run it right down to the end of the transfer window I think it all depends on you know whether or not who puts their money in their pocket sorry who puts the money on the table in terms of like who makes it happen um but I, I can see here. I can see him going leaving. That that I can see. As much as you know, the player saying all the right things, and in terms of the, the press and the media and, and things like that. But I can see ultimately he's not going to be prepared to wait, and nor does he need to wait. It's not one of those young players that sort of you know needs to be given time. He's he's shown bossed it at Arsenal, bossed it at Man United, absolutely bossed it. You know, many times at St Mary's. So. He is absolutely ready, even at the, the tender age of nineteen. So, uh, so I can see him leaving. Mm-hmm. Where can I see him going? You guys have got no money, though, have you? That's that's the only thing with you guys. You, you well, know, money, we were so. told that we had substantial amount of money for Jude Bellingham, and he's not. Good. Ah. So. <laughs> Hopefully it's we have that substantial amount of money. To it's, just, it's just a negotiation tactic, Mike. It is, absolutely. <laughs> I love the way we do this, as if we're getting a cut of the deal. Um, yeah. 
it's it's madness. Um, but I I can see him. Yeah, I mean, if if Liverpool put up the fans, I can see him at Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, perfect. So we know what we need to do. Hey, yeah. we, need to, we need we need to hold John Henry hostage again and do whatever we did to get that sober slide deal done. Uh, but Mike, pleasure having you on, mate. If you just want to give the guys a shout, uh, a plug into where they can find you and what sort of things you do on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. No, come find us on on Matchday Vlogs on on YouTube, on TikTok. Um, yeah, on Facebook, all those kind of things. Ultimately, what we do is we. Um, vlog the games at, at St Mary's and, and on the road, but really sort of give the perspective um, of what it's like to be a Southampton fan, the good, the bad, the absolutely ugly. Um, and, you know, even where we've got the, the camera set, it's a bit like uh, Gogglebox for a Saints fan because we've got a little stand and then, of course, you see us celebrating. And, of course, you see the away fans celebrating if, if the team score, which happened a lot last season. But, um, <laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's, it's basically about sort of, you know, uh, counselling for Saints fans where we can just sort of get together and have a, have a nice group hug when things go bad and, uh, and celebrate when, when the good times really but you know football fan communities are absolutely best and, and I love these kind of things where we can talk with opposing fans um, so we're not in the same league anymore but you know it's great to chat about football about players and uh, you know about the sport we absolutely love so yeah come find us on on YouTube and uh, smash that subscribe button love that man. <laughs> love that Great. Pleasure having you on, like I say, mate. And if we come across each other in the Cups, you're, again, welcome to come back on and preview the games with us. So, Absolute pleasure. Us, mate. All right. Cheers, boys. See you. Cheers, Cheers, yeah, so there we go, guys. A little bit of an insight to Romeo Lavia. Uh, listen, me and Mike and Craig, we all know our stuff, but when it comes to players that we're looking at, you know, we're not these guys that sit there on Twitter. Oh, yeah, I'll, I've watched um, Kone from Gladbach. I watch the Bundesliga every week, every Sunday afternoon. We're, we're, we're as honest as we can be. Every player we've been linked to so far, I feel like all of us have said, yeah, we don't really know too much about them, but, you know, we've seen bits and pieces. So I thought, you know what, let's get the, the guys that actually know what they're talking about to come on. Unfortunately for Nice, I don't know if there's any Nice channels out there, especially that speak English. So we are going to have to speak about that. I'm just going to put a tweet out to try and get some more people in. Make sure you're smashing the like button, subscribing to the channel, guys. Um, and um, yeah, we'll uh, get straight into the crazy Liverpool transfer rumors that have just been well, not rumors, this is legit news. Um, let's get straight into Catherine Turan, then, boys. David Lynch said yesterday that Liverpool are no longer pursuing a move for midfielder Catherine Turan. Talks were held with the reps earlier in the window, but Dominic Soboslai ultimately emerged as a preferred target. And then he says, with any lingering interest in Turan now, ended a firm move for Lavi and now appears increasingly likely. Coming to you, Craig, first of all. Um, we discussed this, didn't we, in a previous podcast? And I think we all, some of us maybe said that we need a more defensive midfielder now, someone that's a more natural six, like a DM sort of thing. If we are to go and get someone like Lavia, do you think this is the right thing to do now? Uh, yeah, here, I'm just going to hedge my bets completely with this one and just say yes and no. Uh, so in terms of the, the no, like it's, sorry, so in terms of not getting in a DM, I think it could be risky in terms of that we, it's the only position we don't have a third unique player in. So, and you look mm. like, yes, like, you know, we, we've all talked about players can play left and they can't play right as well, but let's just pretend that Jones and McAllister um, and Thiago are three left-sided midfielders. And then you got Henderson, Sabo, Elliot on the right. And then it's just Fabinho and Bastic then covering the DM position. So obviously we like to have 
three players to cover the one position in midfield, and that would be the only one that didn't. And if uh, Fabinho took a six a six week layoff with a with a hamstring injury, could we then rely on Bastiat, Pendo, Thiago to cover him? I don't know. I don't know because with with Bastiat, I mentioned on a previous podcast too that he's like Jones is in is up in the air whether we can rely on him. Uh, you know, in terms of number, in terms of minutes and and games, we all know he's good enough, but do we know he's mature enough and and the next thing to to keep it going for that long so that would be where my i suppose um my indecision would come from in in that regard whereas uh getting uh you know also in terms of getting it i think we could get get away with not having a dedicated six once we have fabinho and batch as well so that's where the other the other side comes from we do have enough players that that can cover the position and again, I think the a defensive midfielder and out and out defensive midfielder is like a failsafe, you know, for uh, in terms of the teams when we're, we are, we're going all out and then there's someone on the break and coming back that way. Whereas when you are the better team, you don't need that failsafe as much. You know, you should have complete control of the ball and you're not firefighting, which we were we were firefighting last year and we saw how we weren't prepared for it. Um, but when we're in control, like, so I going into the season i could say yes we need a six and no we don't and just completely leave it leave it like that i know it's no no, nobody wants to hear this half opinion um on it but either way i trust the club you know and and like what's going on right now i don't know you know those um those street those street games where you've got the cups on the thing and you're you're following the ball that's in the cup (laughs) <laughs> that feels like what's going on now with the transfer news and the ball is no longer in the cups so we're just watching the cups being moved around and we don't know what the hell is going on so uh, I trust the club to do the right thing what, what, whatever way they'll do it if that is one more midfielder or no more midfielders I think it will work either way I, I, was, get, I was saying a few weeks ago that I'm actually a bit worried about and that's where this is where the Batshit inverted fullback came from and that we have we are getting into a lot of numbers in midfield so mm-hmm. if we didn't go off and get that extra midfielder, I could understand it because getting all that game time out there is uh, will be difficult to rotate. Uh, that would be my two cents on it. Yeah, coming to you, Mike, I think from speaking previously, I think Taram is a player that you was all in on. You really wanted him to come to us from memory, at least. I've not watched this podcast back. Um, <laughs> so to hear this news, I hate watching. Uh, it's honestly no, so I'll, I'll, I get it. I get it. Yeah. Um, so to, to hear all this stuff coming out now that Taram's not coming in and that we've moved on, we've moved our senses to other areas. If it is to be Lavia, McAllister, or sorry, Lavia, um, McAllister and Sobosli, would you would you be happy with that? I, I would be like I would be. Um, there are some people that you'll, that'll never be happy, and they'll be like, "Well, we should have signed four. And it's like I, you got to think realistically how this team works. Like Craig said, it's about game time as well. Yeah. It's about game management. I think if you bring those three in and you keep Tiago and you keep Henderson, I'm very happy. More on them later. More on them later. Uh, I'm sure. Are we going to talk about the Fab Link as well, or mm-hmm. uh, am I am I accidentally? touch into that it's okay here. yeah you could touch on it yeah that's fine. yeah, yeah. I, there's there for those who are unaware or for those who only just touched in but there have been links with Fabinho to the Saudi league in the last 24 hours now if it came to one of our senior midfielders that I would be comfortable selling he would be the one now that's not saying I want to sell him I'm saying in worst case scenario we have to sell one of the three it would be him reason for it I think in terms of leadership Henderson is still fantastic I I no, everyone's going to disagree, da-da-da. Oh, you love FSG? No, I just respect my captain. It's fine. Um, you know, they're very separate things, but somehow people try and equate them. 
Um, but Taram would have been great. You know, he would have been fantastic. I, I was excited about the link. I think a big physical midfielder, you know, similar to when Fabinho first came in in terms of someone who's just like impossible to knock off the ball, physically imposing, can get around the pitch, can drag the ball forward in such a clear way. Like it's, he's just immovable at times. Doesn't look like it's happening. Um, it is what it is. Uh, you know, there's maybe that, you know, it was a bit of a pipe dream to get four. So I'm not, I'm not too concerned about that. I think Lafia makes a lot of sense. Fabinho has probably one more season in him. Which I say, I'd like to see him have one more season so we can gradually introduce Lafayette in the same way we can introduce McAllister and give Thiago 20 minutes here when we need it. And we can give mm. Henderson 20 minutes here when it's needed. Because those three people, those three players, regardless of what people say, some will say Thiago's injury prone, uh, Fabinho's passed it, Henderson's not got the legs anymore. The fact is, all three are very different types of midfielders that are crucial to winning a league that are crucial to seeing out tough games that are crucial in the dressing room that are crucial on the training pitch. And a lot of the things that those three bring to the side, all three of them, you don't see on the football pitch, you know, they're, 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 what would you call it? They're the standard setters, same way James Milner was right. Yep. Um, and that, that's why it's important to not lose them. If we have to lose one, it would be Fabinho. Go on, Craig. What are you saying? Sorry, Mike. I just want to say about it, some things you don't see on the football pitch, but during COVID we heard it. Um, we did. And people are going to always forget about that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's why I hate, hate social media. People people forget about everything. But I understand Like I understand why you know, some of the things people say about our players. But I think there's a clear sign that the majority of us, when I've seen the Henderson link, it's why I say so someone just said, get him, Mike. I, I'll get him. Don't worry. One thing I've seen when the Henderson link came out was a lot of people that I see, George Henderson, were also very quick to say, and I actually respect this about every single one of them that did. They went, listen, 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 easy. When we shouldn't sell Henderson. We do still need him. We just don't want to see him start. And I respect every single person that did that because I, you know shown... what? I, I I was I was in spaces and stuff, Mike. Sorry to interrupt you there. And there I know spaces spaces are not um I've seen me, them. How do I put this correctly? They're not a true reflection, I think, on what a lot of people think. They Agreed. like to think they are, but they're not. Um and a lot of people, I said the exact same as you. They were saying to me. Oh, you don't need you don't need Henderson to lead. We've got Salah, we've got Allison, we've got Van Dyke, we've got all these other leaders. You don't need Henderson. I was like, oh my gosh. Like you hear Kenny Dalglish, Sir Kenny Dalglish, my my I beg your pardon. Um, <laughs> you hear Steven Gerrard, you hear Jurgen Klopp, we hear all these guys talking about how important Jordan Henderson has been to Liverpool ever since he came in in 2012, 2011. Um, you know, he's been absolutely pivotal to everything we've achieved on and off the pitch. You know, like we just pointed out when it was COVID and everything was locked down, he was one of the main people fighting for the whole thing to flip and come back. Um, you know, everything he does off the pitch, off the off the field, in the changing room, you know, yeah, okay, he might not be setting the standards in terms of playing. And, you know, when he plays, okay, fine. I'll, I'll concede that he's not good enough to start for Liverpool week in, week out anymore. I'm happy to admit that. You cannot sell your vice captain and captain in the same window. You can't. You can't. Because it's, it's, that is just, a, that's no. too much of a change. I'm happy to phase Henderson out from playing on on the pitch. Absolutely. And then maybe next season, say Sunderland come up or another opportunity arises. Um, absolutely. Maybe consider it then. But this right. season, when we're especially when we're going for a transitional period, because we are, people might not think we are, but we're signing at least two midfielders now to come in and start for us. Um I, I want my captain around. I'm sorry. I don't care what anybody tells me. For that sort of situation, 
the captain that has been at this club for over 10 flipping years, man. He needs to be around for me. Yeah, I think I think the thing is as well, and I will say this because I've been in some of them spaces, I spoke to some of these people. I have respect for I have respect for these people. I understand where their opinion comes from. And like, you know, I think the I think a lot a large part of it comes from a frustration, which I understand. I think last yeah. season, you know, last season was not a good season for anyone. I think what Henderson suffered from, in my opinion, was the same thing Fabinho suffered from, which was overplaying. He yeah. doesn't have the legs to play 40 games a season. We were still making to. him do it. Uh, he had to. He had to play three games in a week sometimes, and you know, two of the three wouldn't be that good. Pretty obvious as to why, but you know, it, it is what it is. But he's come back from injury as well. Yeah, and he's know, come back, but he played through an injury yeah. and all that. And like people do their best to just at any moment attack him. It's just it, it is social media antics in that respect. But the people I spoke to in the spaces, I understand their point, I understand their reasoning. I just think that some people need to take a breath sometimes and just be like, listen, you know, he's a human being. We don't need to hate on this person this aggressively. Like at the end of the day, like he's given a lot. He's someone who supports the NHS. He's considered the captain of captains in the Premier League by the captain. So there's a captain of captains association. I I just want to just touch on that there. Like when people are naming all of these leaders of each country and you're like, who's their club captain? You know, so he's captaining all of these national, national captains. They look up to him already. And you want to say that you'd get rid of him because. Yeah, it's, it's one of them. But listen, people have had this conversation to death. I think going back to our main point, which was in terms of transfers, in terms of Tram, in terms of links for players, Tram's someone, yeah, in a great, in a wonderful world. Yeah. I think the three that it looks like we're signing, because Lafayette is not confirmed. If we do sign him, I'll be very happy with the three. I think we all agree we need a left-sided centre-back. That is the next priority. I'm actually okay on the left-sided centre-back. Um, I still think Rabo has a lot to offer. I think we've really... We're just copying Pep. Everyone's just looking at Pep going, they play Ake, play Ake out, and out there, so we have to have a centre-back out there. Uh, How many times has Robertson shown up playing that position last season? I think... I agree with you in terms of, like, he's still got a lot to give. I think Robo as a left centre-back, doesn't work. It doesn't, it, it doesn't, Craig. Like, it's not, that's not but a negative. That's not, not him. But it's, guys, that, that is not a permanent formation. You know, like, it's a system we switch in and out of the whole time. So he's not actually, he's, he's left back in defence. When, when we Craig, don't have can, the ball. Right, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I just add to this? Oh, Even if we was to revert back to 4-3-3, I still think we need one. Because it's not just on, on about the new system. Even if we was to go... Four three three for the whole the whole season. We'd still need one, in my opinion, because you got Virgil, got Canate, got Matip, got Gomez. Virgil already has done a hell of a lot since his ACL. We have no idea how that's going to impact him for next season, season after. We got Matip, who had an absolute shocker. I know he's right centre back, but absolute shocker. We got Ibu again. He's been playing on the right, and Joe Gomez. He plays on the right. We don't have an, and I know Virgil's right forward, and that's just how good he is. He doesn't even have that left foot, and he can just play there. But we need another one, in my opinion, because I'm not happy with Matip at the minute. Joe Gomez, if a bit, if a good offer came in for him, I'd, I'd happily wait. I know some people think not, but me personally, if we could get 20, 25 mil for him, I'd let him go. So yeah, I, I still think we need a centre back, regardless of what system we're going to play next season. I just have to put it out there. I'm a massive Matip stan. Like, uh, so <laughs> I. So when that's I, when I if you say Matip's done, we've got three centre backs. No, like, well, no, 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 stan. Like, as in, I love the guy. Um, oh, so, sorry if we said done. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, like, so when I saw the contract uh, rumors coming out, I was like delighted. And that's purely. 
I know. I know. You're going to give, you're gonna give Ben like an annual. Why we went 30 I, years without a trophy? Oh, Ben. Sentimental FC over here, Craig. <laughs> no, I Craig, stop, stop getting on FSG, lad. He is Van Bion Ice when he's, when he's not on form. I totally get that. But like the young goals, they're unlucky. You know, we can't really blame him for like the, the deflections and the young goals. Wait, listen, okay, let, right. Not, yeah, let, let's, bit, of, bit of levity, bit of levity, right. We need to sign a left, left side, side of the back. And here's why, Craig. I'm going to say this, and this is an irrefutable fact, okay? It's an irrefutable fact. All four of our centre backs are right footed. <laughs> No, so, no, so no, 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 I'm not finished. I'm not finished, Craig, 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 I'm not finished. Not finished. Three of our four centre-backs play on the right side of the centre-backs. They don't play on the left. Gomez has always been on the right. In fact, he was a right-back at one point. Matip, mm-hmm. right side of the centre-back. Canate, yeah. Craig, I'm going to be really condescending just for humour. I'm going to be even extra condescending. <laughs> extra, extra. I can see the vein coming out your forehead. Go on. There is, yeah. So, you know, you know the way they're, they're centre-backs? Yeah, they're, they're, they're centre-backs. Yeah, they play on the right and left side. They play the right and left side. They play the right and left side. Van Dijk plays on the left side of the two. They can easily switch in and out. <laughs> they, they can't easily do it. You see what happens when we do it. <laughs> he plays Joe Gomez left centre-back. I, I do have a, a sneaky feeling Canate will be left-sided in the future. But for now, there's no. I don't. Reason that I, I agree. I don't. I don't care about the side. I just want another centre back. Um, it's not too much. I, I get that. I get that. The Gomez would be my one, but I just the homegrown issue is the only reason that people aren't talking about it. Matip, yes, this season didn't have a great one, but so did Van Dijk. Matt Kanate had a lot of shatteries as well. You're, we're basically putting the same. We're putting this magnifying glass onto mag, uh, onto Matip that we didn't put onto Van Dijk, and we're not putting onto Kanate. No, but I, so I I our whole defense was shocking last year. But we agree. Everyone's been onto Van Dijk. But I'm not just focused on Matt Craig because Gomez was bad as well. I agree with you, Craig. I agree. They were all bad. They all deserve the microscope, right? But what? I'm trying to say, and what Ben's trying to say, and what people are trying to say, three of the four are very injury prone, very injury prone, and we're terrified of repeating things. And it would be good to get a bit of fresh blood in, bit of youth, a little bit of youth, you know, a little bit yeah. of youth. Go on, it'd be nice. It might be nice. No, I'm yeah, gonna catch up. Double deal. I'm not against it. I just don't think it's the. <laughs> Bella catch a double deal. What do you think? Laugh, oh, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> He's no, he's not homegrown, is he? No. Oh, homegrown chat. We, 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 need, we, need get the, we need to get the English flag down there in centre back and just. There's no good one. Down. Someone mentioned Mark Guayhi earlier. Like, is that is that the is level that... we're looking at? And uh, uh, this is a good segue to Levi Carwell. Anybody who has any sort of common sense, we are not paying eighty million for a guy that's no, played seventeen geez. Premier League games. No. that's a fact. Yeah, like. There's no Chelsea, chance. Chelsea aren't playing ball anyway. Like you know, that's even if they said you can have him for eighty, there is no way. Because if but, yeah, I tell 80, you what, eighty is not playing ball. Yeah, if we were if we were happy to go and spend eighty mil on him, I'd be more angry that we didn't put that eighty mil to get Casado. I'm sorry, that's how I'd see it. I'd much rather have Moses 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 Casado than Levi Cobble. A hundred and ten million percent. Yeah, I agree with that because I think we need more midfielders. Um, I, the Colwell thing, I am quietly optimistic, which I shouldn't be. Which I shouldn't be. Ben, 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 let me explain. Let me explain, right? I, I don't think this summer, but it would not surprise me 
if we go, we're not going to sign a centre-back to hold out for him and we go again in January or we go again next summer. I really do think there's a reason these have been linking. Now, I could be completely wrong. There is nothing... When does contract end? What a great question. Let, keep the conversation there, going. Let me Google it. They're trying to get him to extend one at the moment and he's not He's not doing it, so it should be soon enough. Yeah, he wants first team. I feel like, okay, if if he has this meeting with Parks... Hold on, that keep the con- conversation have, going, yeah. Um, Hold on then he needs to be assured first-team football. And if he yeah. isn't assured first-team football, he's going to want to leave. But then we've still got to pay him the money. And I just don't see it. And when you see stuff like this, uh, Georgie said 2025. So you might be onto something there, Mike. You might be cooking low-key. Um, Hear me out, bro. I, I'm always cooking, Ben. You know me. I just don't see it, man. 80 more for him. I, look, yeah. let me just put this perfectly clear. He's a brilliant player. He's an absolutely sensational upcoming prospect. Ball playing skills, you know, his stats and all of that stuff are off the charts. He is more of a like-for-like replacement to Virgil van Dijk. Obviously not going to be as good as peak Virgil ever. Nobody will. Sorry to say that. But if you are looking for a Virgil sort of type for that left side of centre-back, he is the obvious one. And it's just the price for me. Everything else makes sense. But the price of eighty million, they want a record fee for a centre back. Well, like that's I just don't see Bellingham it. territory there. Like, I mean, or guard Guardiol as well. Um, is, that, is that happening? Is that happening? The City Guardiol thing. He's going City. I think I think Guardiol's very overrated myself. That's just my opinion. Uh, he's overpriced. Yeah, he's overpriced. I don't know whether he's overrated. I need to see him in the prime. Um, uh, he got done by Messi. That's the one thing I'd seen there. Oh <laughs> wow! What a what a low bar! Imagine getting done by Messi. Couldn't Messi is not fast anymore, man. He got done on the turn. <laughs> Are you trying to irritate me today? I swear. Virgil didn't get done yeah, by Messi. Yeah, exactly. See oh that? my god! Oh my god! <laughs> well, yeah, guys, no, we're going to move on from centre backs because um, I need to wrap up. We've gone on for an hour. Oh, Just going to quickly talk about Thiago. We spoke about Fabinho. We spoke about Henderson. Um, the last rumour that's been going around is Thiago. There's a lot of talk that we want to add to our midfield. And if we have to add to our midfield, somebody's got to go. Don't know how true that is, but that is what James Pierce has said this morning. Um, and then Ornstein says, Thiago Alcantara is attracting interest from um, foreign clubs, including those in Saudi Arabia. But Liverpool have yet to receive an offer from the midfielder. The Spain international has a year left on his contract and is scheduled to return to the club when pre-season training begins at the weekend. Now, it seems to me like they're leaning more towards him being a Liverpool player next season, but they're also not ruling out anything if an offer comes in. Now, Mike, you said that out of all of the guys that we could potentially sell, you'd be more comfortable with selling Fabinho. If something else happened and we let go of Thiago, to bring in Romeo Lavia, how would you see that, mate? I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Thiago and he's he could become a luxury player and we could play him in here and there in the big games. But yeah, do you see, first of all, Thiago leaving? And if he did leave, do you think that would be a big mistake? I, he, he, I think he's a player that enjoys being at the top level. So I don't think the Saudi League will interest him in the same way. I think he's a player who loves football. Like he, that's everything that I've from everything that I've read and seen and heard from him. He's someone who loves football. Like he's a purist in that respect. You know, if you yeah. use that word. So I don't really think the Saudi league will attract him in that way. Um, doesn't surprise me that they've tapped him up. It doesn't surprise me that there probably other teams have tapped him up. I'm sure Barca have probably at some point contacted him over the last eighteen months too. You know, like they, that's the kind of level he can play at consistently. His issue, as we all know, is his injuries. So he's always been a luxury player. 
you know, maybe I don't know whether our scouts bought him with that intention, but I feel like we've always known he's injury prone. He, you know, he's been that for many years. Um, the way that I'd like to see him use next season would be 25, 30 minute spurts where it's okay. We need to see a game out. We're in, or we need to unlock a defense and we're not really dealing with much pressure. If we're, you know, if we're dealing with teams that are phenomenal at counter pressing or sorry, rather dealing with teams that are great at counter attacking, I'm not sure whether I'd want Thiago in that six. Right. But, other than that, like if it's games where we're just trying to unlock a defense, I'd pull Fabinho off and put Thiago on. You know what I mean? It's just somebody who can pass the ball around, spray it around, up the tempo. He's a tempo setter. Um, and he's also, as I said before about leadership, he's someone who can be, is incredibly influ- influential in the dressing room. You know, uh, Nunes spoke out not too long ago about how he was crucial or has been crucial in letting him settle in. But, uh, Stefan, you know, looks up to him. Uh, there's a lot of things there about him that I think are crucial to keep. Now, I th- also think logically he's got one year left if an offer came in for me in my opinion about 35 mil same price to pay for McAllister basically which I don't think anyone would pay I, I don't no. think anyone would pay that to be clear but no, if someone not. came in for 30 35 million euro so it's like 28 mil pounds or whatever I could see us I could Money see us bending the knee to it yeah I, I could see us bending the knee to it I don't think we will uh but yeah I could I could see us as a club doing it I wouldn't want us to I really wouldn't want us to. I can see his importance. Um, you know, I put him in the same bracket as Henderson in, and Fabinho in terms of the leadership side of things. You know, that there's yeah. a reason why I named those three before. What do you think? Yeah, yeah Craig, you go in and I'll conclude with my verdict. Well, I'll, I'll just, I, I think I'll just talk on the 35 million uh, first. I, euros. Oh, euros. Oh, see, I put something out here the other day about this. We need a, one football currency. This um, <laughs> is this euros it's thing. <laughs> So wait, what, what's, the, what's that in what's that in pounds? Like that's like twenty eight mil. Like I, to be honest, I backtracked. I said thirty five like McAllister, and I was like ah euros. So I changed yeah, it to euros yeah. in my head. But yeah, I I can like with like with him and Matip, I, there's two players I go right. Are, there's no value in them in 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 selling them in terms of for us to go and, and reinvest that in somebody else. Exactly. It's we've been received the offers. We've given them how much game time. We told them how much game time they're going to get over the next year. And Thiago's definitely on a, on a much lower number than he would have been on, on last year. And then it's up to the player themselves to decide whether they want to take that offer or not. And it's probably not much at all. We're, we'll be getting the money in the, in the wages um, than anything else. But I totally agree with what you're saying in terms of leadership. Yeah, we are, we're starting to get a little bit light in terms of the older heads. We all talked about last year how our team was too old. Now we're getting to the point where we're starting to get a bit a bit young in certain regards. So I don't want to lose any of the the senior players or who the guys who drive the standards in training and everything else like that. The one thing on Tiago, I just want to—I I jumped into a space for like two minutes earlier on, listened for a bit, and then jumped out again. Um, <laughs> and it was because it's because I basically have had the same injury that Tiago has, um, and that was the bit I just—I listened. I was like, no, that's wrong. Was you going to become Everyone's, a professional football player until you got injured? Uh, no, at twenty-seven, I gave up uh, sport completely with a with a hip injury. Yeah. Um, yeah. So no, like it was—I I don't want to give myself pat myself on the back or anything. But but the the idea of it is it's not it's not overuse. It's, if you've seen the way Thiago kicks the ball, that's what's wrong with his hip. So like the guy's always going to be injury prone. If you if you overuse him or not, that's it's not going to help. But that's not where his injury comes from. It's a total it's a total hip one. But at the end of the day, the guy needs to be he does need to be managed, especially after the after the surgery. And I don't know if we want to do that. 
I don't know if we, because we now know what his recovery is like. We now know how much minutes we're going to get at the start of the year. We, yeah. the doctors know that, and that could be privy information we're not putting out to the out to the public, and and that could be another another part of things that is is kind of in the Tiago equation that we don't know about as well. So, again, I think it'll be his decision. I don't want it to happen because yeah, he's a proper baller. Like you know, that's it's a it's a level of player that I. I don't want to say we we probably never had you know in, mm-hmm. in, in that sense. The only criticism I would say is that him and Henderson can kind of maybe control the play too much. You know they 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 take a pass and they get it back straight away. Where it's like no no just just get your passes to where you want them to go. Stop just tapping it uh, amongst yourselves. And that's what those they're the leaders. They come onto the pitch. They control the play, and then sometimes that's not what we need. We need the team playing and not just Henderson and Thiago playing with the rest of the lads around them. That'll be. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I completely agree. I I, I don't want to sell. I feel like we've been, or our fans online certainly have been begging for depth to match city. No, I've got this sort of depth. We don't really know what to do with ourselves. You know, we've never really seen this before. That's like the Henderson, Thiago, um, Elliot, Jones, Pachetic, Potentially another one to add to those. I've probably forgotten somewhere. McAllister, I don't know if I said him. Um, so I don't want to see him go. I feel like now we've got enough players, so we're not playing him 50 games. Well, he's never played that. That's precisely the point. Um, so we can manage when we're going to use him. I feel like that will benefit us massively. Um, I think you made a good point then, uh, Craig. Tiago Alcantara, for me, is the first or one of the first times in my lifetime where Liverpool have gone out and signed a world-class star. You know, it's not happened many times. You can maybe pick two or three occasions where it's happened. Um, Tiago walks through those doors. It's a huge statement. You know, we've just landed potentially in the best centre mid in Europe. Um, you know, absolutely incredible. And I don't want to see him go without winning one of the big trophies. Um, I know we've won the FA Cup, we've won the League Cup, and now I've kind of put the pressure on him to win the league because we're not in the Champions League. But um, yeah, I want to see him give it a go at, you know, and try and win one of the Premier, the Premier League whilst he's still here. Hopefully we do that. Uh, but my other thing is um, just in general, like I don't see him leaving. I, I know this probably isn't much of a factor, but he set up his whole Tiago Alcantara foundation in Liverpool as well. And I don't see him leaving that yet. Obviously, he's probably going to take that where, wherever he goes in the future. But for now, I feel like he's really doing something special in the city with like kids and all these kind of things. So um, I don't think he'll go. I don't want him to go. I feel like he will be a pivotal part to us next season if we are going to go and go deep in all these competitions. Um, you know, say you're in the Europa League final. Uh, semi-final, you're 2-0 up in the first leg, you don't play him in the second. You know what I mean? You keep him fresh for the final. Just that kind of thing. We didn't have the luxury yeah. to do that before. Um, so I definitely think as well with McAllister, even Curtis Jones, all these guys, these younger players, they're going to learn so much from him over the next year. And um, he's someone that I want to be. I said this about Henderson before. He's certainly somebody I want to oversee this sort of midfield rebuild because he is dynamite. He's different gravy to anything I've seen Liverpool in the last... 10 years since Stevie left. Obviously, even when Stevie left, he was not a shadow of the player he once was. But um, yeah, I, I'm not ready to let him go yet. I'm sure the club aren't either. If the offer does come in from Saudi and money talks, money always talks for him personally as well. If they're offering him millions and millions and millions for two years, it would probably be hard for him to say no, I'm not going to lie. But um, as of now, it doesn't look like there's anything concrete in Thiago going. Um, doesn't look like there's anything in anyone going, to be fair. There's a few rumours of Fabinho, Thiago, maybe to Saudi. 
Um, Henderson one was just a no-go from the start, in my opinion. Um, so it will be interesting. Obviously, anything can happen at any point. You know, are we ruling out Henderson or Jones going out on loan? Probably Jones, maybe Elliot, not so much. Um, so, yeah, we'll see what happens, guys. And uh, we'll be here to talk every time if we're linked with another player from another club. We'll do a quick scout report on the old YouTube to see who's available um, to jump on the channel. And uh, Mike, do you have anything to say before we wrap up, mate? Uh, just seven days from now, new song comes out. Pressure, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna plug it. If anyone likes music, you like nice things in your ears, just know, know that next week, Ooh. Wednesday, you type Mike Quill into Spotify, Great. you type wow. Pressure next to it. And I'll tell you right now, it's gonna be the best way to start your day. I tell you, what a way to start your day. There we go, guys. There we go. And also, match the vlogs. There's a link in the chat in the description down below for his channel. Uh, check those guys out. You know, I, I, like I said at the start, I watched the four all draw. It was quite entertaining, to be fair. Um, and um, yeah, I've, I've subscribed on my personal channel, and um, I'm gonna start watching their content as well. Anfield lad says, "Take care, guys. Big up another great live. Thank you so much, mate. We're trying Thank to you. smash the content out here right now." Um, I'm not going to say anything. I've told Mike I'm about to tell Craig. I am in talks to get um, a big guest, well, two big guests on the channel, but one of them, um, yeah, one of them I've had a reply from already. So um, stay tuned. That's all I'm going to tell you guys right now. Uh, as soon as stuff is confirmed, I will tweet about it. And um, yeah, make sure you subscribe, smash the like button, and uh, we'll see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.